This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief, and today I have with me Ron Jarvis from The Home Depot. He's the Vice President of Environmental Innovation. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, it's kind of cool to hear that you guys have a title, Vice President of Environmental Innovation, Uh, so I'm really curious to hear about uh, what your job entails. Well, that's great. Um, Yeah, we created this position back in... October of 2006, but we've had people, including myself, working on these issues and other issues around sustainability and environmental concerns for probably the last 13 years. So, but but this job entails working with our suppliers on a very close basis to make sure that they understand where Home Depot wants to go with their purchases and the products we want to carry. But the job also entails working with our um, total corporation with the different functional areas to make sure that we're walking the talk, doing the things that we are talking to our suppliers about and making sure that on our side, we're doing everything we can to be a sustainable company. Sure. And, it, you know, this is important because this is not a regulated industry. And so in, in terms of regulated, in terms of, you know, green and sustainability, uh, there's, there's some obviously impact and it's gotten greater lately with the EPA having carbon dioxide as one of the, you know, the potentially noxious gases that it has control over or environmentally damaging. But, to the, you know, for the most part, companies are really self-governing on this. So uh, it's good to hear you guys have been doing it for that long. I know a lot of companies are sort of rushing in to say, oh, yeah, you know, we have a, we have a message on this. We have a, <laughs> we have a statement. But, you know, it's, uh, it's good to hear that you guys have been on this for a while. So, I understand that that you actually have been kind of a, a, for, a behind the scenes force in, in the environmental movement in general. I, I was hearing a story about about ten years ago that you had been involved in sort of revolutionizing uh, sourcing of forestry products. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, one of the things that we looked at when actually wish we were getting uh, protest, and we had concerns from some of our store associates saying, "What is why are people protesting us about the wood that we're selling?" And at that point, like most other retailers, we had not done a lot of due diligence on where the product was coming from. We basically knew the species. Was it hardwood? Was it oak, poplar? Was it a softwood? Was it radiata pine or southern yellow pine? But as far as backcasting to see exactly which forest, which country, which county our wood products came from, we didn't know. So when people were accusing us of destroying the global forest and being the largest destroyer of, of the world's forest, we really did not know the answer. So we said, if, if we're going to continue being a, you know, a national leading retailer, then we have to understand these, these questions. Mm-hmm. So we spent um, probably a good three years going back and researching all of the wood products that, that we buy and the companies that we buy from, and we took two parallel paths. The first one was to understand what we carry inside the store that has wood, and that was very obvious at first. It was the plywood, the two-by-fours, the doors, but then we 
dug deeper in that and realized there were a lot more products than we thought there were. Um, as many as eight to 9,000 products that we carry have wood, mm-hmm. um, even to the point when you're looking at a plastic-coated uh, fan blade for a ceiling fan, but when you break it open, it's full of wood. Right. So first of all, we had to understand what we carry, and the second thing we did was go back and look at each one of the forests throughout the world to see which ones were having afforestation versus deforestation, which ones had sustainable forestry and which ones did not. And at the end of the day, we're able to overlay our wood products, where they come from, with the issues inside of each country. And okay. at that point, we're able to make some decisions to either you know, support the area, pull out of the area, or uh, give different areas of support to create better sustainable forestry in those areas. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, you know, obviously wood's a huge part of it, but there are other materials that are used in products that Home Depot sells in its stores. Has it gone beyond the wood aspect in those 10 years? Oh, yes. Yes. If you look at our uh, latest program, the Eco Options Program, which identifies products inside the store that um, have less of an impact on the environment than the standard products, that's exactly what that is. It's identifying products that have, you know, uh, that could have less of an impact or do have less of an impact on the environment, getting that in front of the customers so they can make a, you know, a wise purchasing decision. Right. Now, I'm actually I'm on the Eco Options site as we speak here. And, yeah, it's interesting. It looks like you guys have divided this into the various areas of forestry, energy efficiency, healthy homes, which is something that the term that's been banged around the industry, building industry for quite a long time now, but I think is more important than ever. Um, you know, toxic things, off-gassing and such inside your house. You've got clean air, water conservation. Um, so this Eco Options is this is so this is a brand essentially that you've developed or a certification. What, what would you? How would you identify it to, I would, to our listeners? We would we would have to uh, define it as it's a brand. It's a marketing brand that helps our customers when they walk into the store to identify and locate the products that do have less of an impact on the environment. And we we started it two years ago in Canada, but last summer we you know we carry and have carried a lot of products in the store that have that definition. And we were walking the store saying, you know, if somebody comes in wanting to buy a, a green product, then how hard is it for them to do? And we realized at that point that in the U.S. it was extremely difficult. And we said, we need to identify these products. Plus, like you see on the website there, get some information out to the consumers, educate the consumers on some of the myths that are out there, and make sure that at least we arm them to make a wise purchasing decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, and I applaud you for that that effort. I'm curious, though, because you know, going back to my statement before, you know, this is unregulated. I'm curious of how you guys have made the, the certification, uh, what the what the criteria you've established for that, and have you involved any third parties in that process? Yeah, that's that's a great question. There, there's some of the products that we consider to be low hanging fruit that either by definition, like solar lights, we consider those to be eco-options because they use basically no energy when, you know, from the time you buy them to the time you discard them. Um, Things that are already certified, like Energy Star products, uh, FSC-certified wood products, those pretty much make the cut for eco-options with, you know, a little bit of scrutiny, but, but they pretty much make the pass. Things beyond that that are in the gray area or do not have a proven certification or verification with it, we do use third-party verifiers and certifiers to look at the product. In some cases, they do a complete life cycle analysis of the product. Others, they look at the marketing claims that the the, uh, supplier has, 
and either verify or you know discard those. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm curious also about obviously we just we just passed Earth Day that was just a few weeks back and I understand you guys had a this is pretty cool you actually you gave away if I have this right one million compact fluorescent light bulbs on yes Earth yes Day. that is correct how, how did that go did you guys give away all did you manage to give away all one million oh yes we did we gave away all one million in one day it went uh, extremely fast wow because um, we were two things were happening um, you know number one it was free which is always good. And number two, there's a lot of education and, and talk around the media about the energy efficiency and the benefits of a compact fluorescent light bulb. And people are beginning to hear that if I, if I just replace one light bulb in my house, over the, the life of that one bulb that I'll have this compact fluorescent, I'll save 75% of my energy cost or about $45 per bulb. And it also takes about 10 of the regular incandescent bulbs that most people have in their house today to last as long as one compact fluorescent bulb. And the difference in cost is, you know, maybe a dollar for an incandescent and $2 or $2.25 for a CFL. But if you think you're going to spend $1.25 more to buy the product, but say $45 over the life of the product, doesn't take a lot of convincing to tell people this is the right way to go. One of the reasons we did the million bulb giveaway was there's a lot of um, concerns about the light, the, the warm, the glow, the output of a CFL, and it is so much improved today than it, from what it was 10 years ago that you really can't tell the difference between an incandescent and a CFL bulb. And that's helping to educate the public on what it actually does. Yeah, that's good because that's an important point. You know, it's sometimes technologies get tied to their uh, original underpinnings or characteristics, and, and things do evolve, as we know, in technology and in every walk of life. And so I, I know that there's been, you know, concern with, you know, the original CFLs in terms of the type of light they give out because light is very, very. Uh, you know, it really drives everything, the way you perceive your entire home uh, or everything you see, period. And so I know some of the earlier CFLs don't look, didn't look so great, and now they have the warmer lights that are a little, a little bit uh, warmer as opposed to cold. Uh, and uh, what have you seen personally there in terms of the development of that? I mean, is there, are there a lot of options there for, for people in terms of different char- nature, different characteristics of light? Oh, yes. They have different sides of the CFL bulbs themselves, whereas used to, most of the CFL bulbs would not fit in a conventional lamp, which today they do. Uh, we now have, I've just switched out my house with all of the exterior floodlights with CFLs, mm-hmm. which never had in the past. Uh, we are carrying now a dimmable CFL, which we didn't have in the past. So yes, it's, you know we now have 8 to 16 feet of um, merchandised product in our store with you know many many different types of CFL bulbs. Yeah, that's great. And that, those are some of the things that I ran into in my own replacement project, which my wife and I just completed a few weeks ago, of finally going through and switching them all out, uh, except for the the low voltage halogens. Um, still working on trying to figure out how to do that. As <laughs> were we. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, those are some of the issues we ran into in the one source that we went. Uh, was just not not having the right sizes and things like that. But it's good to hear. I'm gonna have to get over to Home Depot <laughs> to uh, to get the rest of them because we had a few that didn't fit in certain lamps. But for the most part, we were able to do it. Um, so I'm glad to hear that uh, for my for myself and my own project here. Um, yeah. So that well, that's that's all good information to have. Now I'm curious. Obviously, uh, you know, I was gonna ask you about uh, subsidization of of this, and you know, giving away a million light bulbs is certainly uh, a great subsidization. <laughs> uh, you know, 100 percent. Uh, on an ongoing basis, I know in, we're in California, and uh, PG&E has been uh, sponsoring a lot of programs, everything from solar. There's a lot of subsidization by the state and by PG&E. 
ask for energy efficiency technologies. And with the uh, with the, the light bulbs, I know they've been doing that. Is there an ongoing going subsidy program to keep those prices down that either Home Depot or another company is involved with? On the light bulb side, yeah, uh, not not that I'm aware of. Not ongoing. You know, that's the good thing about market based environmental solutions, which is what you know any ones that work have to be. Mm-hmm. Is that supply and demand usually will create the floor or the ceiling. And in this case, you know, we've seen the bulbs come down dramatically. You know, they've come down 50% over the past few years in cost. So now there's there's not a lot of difference between, you know, an incandescent bulb. It's it's twice, but it's still $2. It's still, you know, less than a than a hamburger at a fast food joint. So Right, right. Yeah, that's well, that's good to hear. It has to get to that sort of magic price point where people say, well, you know, especially in consideration of the 75% energy savings, you know, you do the math on it. It makes sense. Right. Uh, both economically as well as environmentally. Great. Well, um, our uh, our audience is, you know, in addition to being interested in the product side of the business, we're also interested are also interested in uh, what Home Depot is doing internally. So I'm kind of curious about if you can speak to any of any internal, you know, sort of going green programs that Home Depot is doing in terms of its own internal processes and employees and uh, facilities. Yes, and we've been. Um if you go back and look at the history of the company, we've we've really done a lot of things in you know the the past ten fifteen years, even eleven years ago when we won from President Clinton the uh, president presidential award for sustainability for work that we were doing around sustainability at that time. So this is not a new fad for us. This is something that it's woven into the infrastructure of the company that we've been working on for a while. Um, just a couple of examples. Uh, last year we offset. The carbon releases from uh, the corporate headquarters here, which is the buildings itself, plus the the 4,000, 5,000 people um, commute, employee commute that we have. And uh, it's the largest uh, building, largest corporation ever to have that type of carbon offsetting. So we're you know very pleased with that. Did you um, go zero carbon for yes, that year? We went carbon neutral for this building. Mm-hmm. That's and, great. Um, so we're you know very pleased with that. We've got a tremendous amount of recycle programs in the stores in the SSC, which is Store Support Center here itself. Um, looking at the stores, I mean, the big impact there is there's two sides. It's the energy and the recycle. We have recycle programs for plastic, for cardboard. Uh, we're testing a lot of recycle programs now for uh, wasted or the, the coal wood that comes out of the back of the store, pallets, products like that. As a total company, we're looking and switching out to a much more efficient HVAC. We started this in 2006. And it's been, you know, extremely successful. We're we're really reducing the energy consumption in the stores with the new HVAC. We're replacing the the bulbs inside the stores, uh, going from a T12 to a T5, which has a tremendous amount of savings. And in just those years, just in 2006 alone, we estimate that we probably saved close to uh, $20 million in energy cost. Wow. So tremendous impacts inside the company as well. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this goes to, you know, it makes financial sense as well. To, to these kinds of efficiencies. How, how about in terms of uh, alternative and uh, renewable power? Has anything been done along those lines at this point? Well, we've um, we've listened to a lot of people. We've we've looked at different areas. You know, we're we're um, looking at solar in a couple of stores in Canada and the U.S. just to see, you know, does it make sense? Uh, one of the things about solar right now that as an industry, you know, we've got to get our hands around is to make it more affordable for. Um, you know, commercial buildings and residential buildings. Mm-hmm. So yes, we're we're looking at that as well. Um, 
That's great. There's also there's also I know some of the, some companies out there are also doing sort of gr- green roofs where they put basically earthen roofs on uh, things like that to um, uh, you know reduce the improve the efficiencies, keep the buildings cooler and and warmer, basically insulate them. So yes, and yeah. those uh, we're we're reviewing those as well, as well as um, you know a few years ago we switched from we used to have almost all black roofs to uh, now white and light gray roofs which have, you know, a tremendous impact on the energy efficiency of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also gone to high-speed roll-up doors. So when you're coming through the commodity doors and the back entry door, you know, there, it's high-speed now, which can really help on the, um, the energy efficiency part of the store. That's great. Well, just switching gears a little bit, I'm curious, is there anything that's going to be coming up in, in, the, in the near future that you'd like to share with our audience uh, from Home Depot or its partners? Just the, the biggest thing is, you know, we do now have... 2,500 plus um, Eco Options products in the store. We're extremely excited about the momentum that we have with this, with our vendor community, where a lot of them have gone back to the drawing board, coming back to us with you know biofuel, uh, biotechnology. Um, you know we're looking at all kinds of different products, from whether it's low VOC paints to a recycled content carpet to a bio-based product that's you know can go throughout the house, and I think what the the consumer is going to see at Home Depot over the next 24 months is going to be just a tremendous amount of new, innovative, you know, high green technology products. Yeah, that's great. And I, I you know, I applaud you guys on definitely on the Eco Options program too. It sounds like a good way, uh, you know, because again, it's self-regulating. And so, you know, I think the the entire country is really relying on, you know, hopefully these industry leaders to be leaders in green. That doesn't always happen. Um, and, and it needs to happen, I think, from, from a branding standpoint, from a maintaining a brand uh, in this new era that we're in of people, you know, wanting to, to do things that aren't destructive to the environment. So uh, I applaud you guys for those efforts, and uh, thank you very much for being on the program with us today to share those uh, viewpoints and information. Oh, thank you. It's our pleasure. Well, I want to remind everybody who's listening in today that you can find out more about Home Depot and their eco-conservative programs on their website at www.homedepot.com and also the Eco Options program is homedepot.com slash ecooptions. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.